Welcome to We Chat Divorce, hosted by Karen Chalou, Legal Liaison, and Katherine Shanahan, CDFA. Each episode, we sit down with divorce professionals and industry experts to provide insights and frank discussions about real people, real situations, and real divorce to help you achieve your best life post-divorce. This episode of We Chat Divorce is brought to you by My Divorce Solution, offering divorce financial planning so clients can secure the divorce settlement they deserve. Visit MyDivorceSolution.com to request access. Welcome to WeChat Divorce. Catherine and I are so happy to welcome again one of our favorite guests, Tracy Malone. In this episode, we're going to discuss practicing financial self-care when divorcing a narcissist. Of course, Tracy is no stranger on our podcast, but let's make sure you know about her. Tracy Malone is a narcissist abuse survival coach author and founder of NarcissistAbuseSupport.com, a global resource to empower victims of emotional abuse. Tracy has a popular YouTube channel and podcast that has reached millions of survivors. Her best-selling book, Divorcing Your Narcissist, You Can't Make This Shit Up, is one of the books she has written. Welcome, Tracy. Welcome back to WeChat Divorce. Thank you so much for having me. I love seeing you ladies. It's always a good day when I get my Karen and Catherine dose. (laughs) And I am so ready to chat with you. I feel like it's been a while. It has been. It has been. Yeah. And, you know, as time goes on, divorcing narcissists doesn't seem to stop. And so today we're going to talk about financial self-care when divorcing a narcissist, because that um, I think a lot of people tend to live a, a bit externally and we're going to offer some ways to kind of look inward and have some type of empowerment when going through um, this very difficult challenge. Yeah, it's such an important topic because the finances are what paralyzes most of the victims, right? They are just frozen, especially because if they are one that didn't know about the finances, they didn't make the money. So therefore they just feel like, I don't know what to do, where to find it, how to afford it. There's a lot of factors that go into it with a narcissist. That's so scary. You know, you're, you're living your life, like you say, as a victim and you know you need this information, but you're so scared to get it. And not only are you scared to get it, I think you're scared to interpret it. Um, that's that's a reality check, you know. So when you come through our process, you can see the transition of somebody's even mind, you know, when they're saying, oh, gosh, okay, now I have this information. And now what am I going to do with it? And now it really is scary because you have to make decisions for yourself. So exactly. it's a process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the first step or the first tip that we're going to talk about today is preparation. Um, And I, Tracy, I I feel like a lot of people are are just completely intimidated by that word. And they are. Again, as soon as the word divorce gets on the table, any word like scares you, like puts the fear into you um, until you take control, until you can take control, right? Not everyone gets that luxury of understanding the finances and it becomes a battle that they fight for sometimes years where they're still not getting temporary support and, you know, they don't even know how they're going to survive, much less pay for a lawyer or anything like that. So 
money, you know, surrounds the whole thing, but so does the fear of the money. You know, not only will I be able to make it through the divorce, but think about what about afterwards? Will I be able to stay in the house? Will I be able to survive? You know, I was the stay-at-home mom and I've got seven children. I don't know how I could possibly work, right? All of those factors are things that, you know, once they have some facts and, and some knowledge versus the fear talking, it can help them and make them stronger. Knowledge is everything in divorce. It's not just power, but it's absolutely everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. the whole the whole sphere of preparation, you know, I think it does help people if they're able to break it down into steps, you know, because some people don't have a lot of latitude uh, when divorcing a narcissist. So there are some basic things so that you can figure out that you can do. So we can talk about that a little bit. Sure, sure. You know, and I think we have to break it down too into the different situations. Because in my book, as you guys remember, there's a dumpy and a dumper category, right? So if you are making the decision, you have a lot more power. You have thought through the financial parts. You're like, okay, this is what will happen. You've got a lot more planning under your belt because you made the decision, right? But if you are the one being dumped or blindsided by, what do you mean? I never even went to counseling. You want a divorce and they're shocked, right? That's where, you know, Again, you're you're talking a different story, a different journey, if you are not the one in charge there. But when you have, I also have a part in my book, which I know Catherine loved, is the rich and the poor narcissist, right? If you are divorcing a, a narcissist with money, you have to strap down and prepare for World War V. This is going to be a battle because they've got the money to continue. I've got a client and friend right now that is five years in and every decision has been taken to the appellate court for a divorce. Like you can't make this up, right? This is absolutely ridiculous. So rich people tend to to milk the process to get more experts in there to help them hide assets and things like that. So the situation coming into it with that financial security depends on where you are in these different sort of levels, right? Just where you are. So those are the things I think we have to talk about to make sure that people are are aware, you know, you've got a different battle going this way, a different battle going that way. And when they grab a hold of that, there's still some fundamental things that they have to start with. And in to me, I think it's building the team. And again, if you're that person with money, you can hire a lawyer, you can hire professionals like yourselves to help with the financial part, you can hire a coach, you can hire people that are going to give you the best advice. If you don't have that, it's really important for people to understand that there is free support. You know, you can join a support group locally, at least you're going to get other people that are going through it and understand it might be able to give you some advice or Facebook groups. I have a group with 16,000 people. You put something on the wall, somebody's going to answer it pretty quickly. So Mm -hmm. there's help out there to not feel all alone. And those are just knowing what your options are. Well, let's take a little, let's go backwards a little bit, because yes, I agree with all the support groups and all of that and everything that you just said. But what I really like about where you are going is your three different people on your right. I love your book. I have it behind me and I have it marked up and I love to go back to it. But um, I, I love talking about, let's break that down. The three people listening right now, you're either the dumpy, the dumper, or the, um, one with the money, the moneyed family. 
let's just say. And all three of those have one thing in common, in my opinion, is to get financially informed, get financially clear. Because you can't do, you can't build your team and you shouldn't really go to your group unless you have some information because people will give you information and some of it's not appropriate for you. But when you have the knowledge, it's really good. But I love how you point out those three type of people because it is true. You know, the one that is being blindsided is also probably being promised the world. You know, mm-hmm. their spouse is going to take care of them, you know, whatever, just agree to this because I promise I'll do that. If you agree to this by Friday, I promise to do this for the rest of your life. And, you know, and you're blindsided. So you want to agree like, oh, I so believe that even though I'm blindsided, my spouse is going to take care of me forever. Mm-hmm. Right. Big mistake. <laughs> Big mistake. Thank you for that. And but but being prepared gives you the power to say, you know what? Thank you for saying that. But I rather have this because I could take care of myself moving forward. Mm-hmm. What is the process for that person when they're blindsided to really say, okay, I can financially take care of myself, or you know, I'll take this opinion. And like, what would their question be to you? Well, I think if they've got the financial money to to say that to a narcissist that's half the battle right then you are empowered then you have some rights if you would you have options i think is a better word right and so if those that's the team and that's where you're you're able to be again getting in and and saying thank you mr or mrs narcissist but you know I'll take that into consideration but get your own information as you're saying because narcissists lie they just do right what would make you think that suddenly on the day they don't want you in their life anymore they're going to be honest let's be honest that doesn't happen so it is another love bombing cycle where they're trying to convince you by gaslighting you that everything's going to be okay so if you're in that case don't get like charmed into believing those lies. I was, I even have a recording of my husband at the therapist going, don't worry, I'll take care of her. You know, didn't do me any good because he (laughs) didn't, right? But at the same time, a common tactic. That's why I said, this is exactly what happened to me, right? It's what happens to 80% of people. They are coerced into signing things, agreeing things, things are pushed on them. And they don't even know what's in the marital assets yet. That's where you ladies come in. Yeah. Yeah. So often um, I have conversations with clients where they make that statement, you know, their whole relationship was based on them not pissing their spouse off. Right. And so now when their spouse is saying, I'm going to, to take care of you, I, you know, I say, that's great. T- typically it's until they get uncomfortable or as long as it's going their way, they're going to take care of you based on their factorization of that. So, you know, if you can then just take that to your point, Tracy, I'll take that into consideration. And then you get prepared, you know what you have, and then reconcile how they're going to take care of you based on what is available to you. And then you can have conversations to know if what he or she is proposing actually makes sense for you and actually works for you. And if not, then you have better information and better conversation to engage in that um, dialogue, I believe. Yeah, for sure. Here's where, here's where you're not taking care of yourself, though, in that situation mm-hmm. 
is when you don't get the financial clarity piece and you don't get that knowledge, you're going to an attorney who doesn't have the knowledge either. I hate to tell you, you've probably picked an attorney who's just going to go with what you want or what your spouse is saying you want. And so get this information first so that you know that you have the right attorney that's going to advocate for what you, what you want according to what you have. Mm-hmm. rather than the emotions of everyone involved. Because I feel like a lot of people who have narcissistic spouses and they get dumped on and blindsided, particularly this this person, um, goes to an attorney who just also bullies them, I hate to say, or they go into a mediation and they're kind of forced into an agreement because they're too scared because mm-hmm. they're victims. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I think what you're, you, you mentioned there is, you know, what you're entitled to. A, unless you get the expert help, you don't know what you're entitled to, right? That's why working with a coach, working with financial people like yourselves are like, you know, they're going to give you the false statement. So I say, fine, if you're going to be that, you know, kind and loving to me now, show me the offer. And now you take that to your people, because again, education is key here. You know, you know, on the back of my book, it says, if you are aware, you can prepare. If you do not know what your options are and you're not even seeking counsel at taking that offer, I will bet a dollar. I will bet that you will not be getting the right amount of money because it's just too easy with a narcissist. Nothing's easy. I've had people with 50-year marriages, not easy, right? It doesn't matter how long you've been together. You think that loyalty of we've been together for 25 years, they'll be nice and kind and honest. Okay, let me fact check you. (laughs) Have you been kind and nice and honest for a while? Uh Uh-uh. So why is now the time, the magical time that suddenly they're going to be the Prince Charming that you thought you married? No, they want out. And an entitlement of a narcissist is they want it all, right? It's it's doesn't matter when you're talking about, you know, child support. The only reason a narcissist is clawing for 80% is so they don't pay you any money. Right. It's like, oh, I'll pay her less if I get less, you know, more custody for me. Like you never even watch the kids and you work full time. You don't even know how to change a diaper. What are you talking about? Right. But it's but it's all about the money. So if that's the normal like MO of a narcissist, where's this kind, loving, good offer angel coming from? Okay. Show me the offer. We'll see if you're an angel and then we'll compare it with the factoids I have. And if your offer's nice, I'll take it. If not, we'll counter, right? That's the bottom line is don't take their word for it because they're liars. And data doesn't lie. So that's why you need the documents to verify the data. Mm -hmm. So true. So Tracy, when people who live with narcissists have built their relation on most of the decisions are permission-based, right? They have to ask for permission. So how do they pivot out of that mindset in a divorce situation to give themselves permission, you know, the self-financial care to invest in knowledge for themselves. How do, how do they make that change? Well, when you've been, you know, I don't even know the word, when you've been crippled, emo- you know, financially and emotionally crippled, the emotional part takes precedence here because it's the fear 
that is doing the talking about accepting an offer or that I have the, the power to make an offer or that I have the power to get my own help, right? I, I have power to get a, build a team, right? Until they overcome the fear and realize this is, you know, you're going to pay a lawyer a lot of money. And they do not know the financial end, as you and I both know, right? They're not going to be able to do it for you the right way. So is money important to you and your goals? Is it, I want this much, I want the house, I want this, I want that. It most of the time is, right? I need money to survive and, and take care of my children. So if those are your goals, then you have to be able to point like, the confidence in yourself to go, if that's my goal. I better get a financial person to help me, right? I can't do this alone because I'm just me and I'm not trained in this and I don't know what I'm up against yet. So when you have a team like a, a divorce coach, a, a therapist that are sitting here building your confidence to ask, to feel like it's okay, like they're like, you're going to pay out the money they might pay for your team to a lawyer, and you're not going to get the same results, right? So if you can really say money's my most important thing, I want to get the best piece of pie I can get, you need a team and and having someone coach you through the indecisiveness of I don't know if I should do it, and you know, all of that stuff, that fear that's talking, gets you to be able to make a smarter decision and bring you ladies on board. So let's talk about that person, that person who is making the decision, not being blindsided. That's one of your other uh, person, one of the other people you spoke about. And I think we're leading to that now. So when they're preparing and you're coaching them, Mm -hmm. you know, because a lot of them probably have guilt, even though their spouses are narcissists, there's still you vacillate between when they're nice to you, when they're not nice to you. That's that to me was the biggest detriment because, oh my God, he's nice. So maybe I should stay. Oh my God, not tomorrow. He's not nice. I got to get the hell out of here. Right. So you, so I see them going back and forth Mm -hmm. um, and the guilt. So a lot of times when the financial piece comes in, I don't want that. I don't want that. I just want to get out because I'm, you know, I'm so afraid. Let me just be done with this. Right. How long does it take you to coach them to that spot that Karen's asking about, like to make that decision that they they rightfully should have this information? How What is the time period for that typically? It depends on the layers, right? Someone who's been married for five years is not as indoctrinated into the, the ecosystem of the narcissist and the control, right? Someone who's been married for over 20 years is much more, um, you know, kind of frozen, if you would, their, their freezing is, is bigger. They're, they're the ice sculpture. They're not just an ice cube, right? They're, they're just like, I don't know. Good analogy. That is a great analogy. (laughs) And it is. I might have to make a meme about that, but, but (laughs) you should, it is, it is vital for us to understand that, um, no matter what the situation is, if you're on the lower level where this is just nothing you could even conceive of, or you're more powered, the difference is going to be, how do we unfold that guilt? Because the difference between shame and guilt is guilt is I did something bad and shame is I am bad, right? I say to them, what did you do that was bad here? And then like we let go of that guilt. I mean, that's the bottom line. Obviously there's a lot more to the layers that people could have, but at the bottom line is you shouldn't be holding guilt you have to learn to self step up and take care of yourself and your family and let go of the lies. And so sometimes the validation of what has happened is needed before they can let go of that guilt, right? Before they can even touch that, they need like 
am I with someone like this? I mean, I get a lot of those on the phone, just not sure, you know, and I, I, I took your two page checklist and there were five I didn't check. So they might not be one. And I'm like, you know what? It only takes one or two of them. If you have 80, that's a problem, maybe. <laughs> that is not someone that is on the, the spectrum. They are the spectrum, right? They are doing it all. So it depends on the situation, how you approach that. But the goal is to build that confidence in knowledge. Like you guys said, data. Data is the law goes this way, not that way. Their sweet little offer is a piece of junk. It's not going to go any further than this. And when they have that knowledge, they're more empowered to take and pass through that guilt or shame they might be feeling about taking this step to protect themselves. They've never protected themselves. So getting them into a place where they feel safe, that's that's the joy. That's where they get to move forward. And without somebody, I mean, I could take one hour, two hours, three sessions, and oh my God, my life has changed. I'm so much more empowered. I have no more doubt. I'm doing the right thing. And then everything falls into place from there. Yeah. And I even find myself saying, you know, let's just say that the offer is good. You still have the permission to yourself to validate. So the, to, whether it's good or not good, and then what it means to you, and maybe you want to tweak it a little bit. So mm-hmm. if it is, or it isn't, it's still okay to verify and validate because moving forward, you're going to have to do all that for yourself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a really good step to be in that space of being vulnerable to own that information, um, whether it's good or bad. To your point, probably 90% of the time, it's not good. <laughs> but let's just give it, you know, that space. Maybe it is. And you, and you still have the authority or the ability to validate it. And and this is the data that you need. It's it's yeah. not something that you should shy away from. A lot of people, you know, that haven't had access to the money are fearful of it. So yeah. if we're afraid of it, how do we stop the fear? Is we have data. We go, this is what you're entitled to. It's a pretty good offer. You know, you might want to twitch it and do this little thing, or you might want to do that little thing, but mm-hmm take it and run. Or, you know, this is unfair and you might be able to creatively do it this way. So many opportunities that still might land on the same page. But again, if we go back to goals, if someone wants to stay in the house, you know, knowing that they can afford it brings them peace and brings them a piece of confidence to go, oh, I have a way that I can make this happen. Great. If you don't have that and they're saying, sure, you can stay in the house and you aren't going to be able to qualify for a mortgage and you're not going to be able to have enough money that you be able to pay the taxes and anything that happens to it. That's what you ladies help them with is, can I afford this house? It's on paper. It looks good. And they're offering me the house. That sounds like a good thing, but would some of the retirement, you know, a balance of, of, of the equity and, and the different assets flowing. So there's so many possibilities. And, and that's why I have almost all my clients come to you guys. <laughs> We love your clients. We love working with Absolutely. your clients because, and there's a couple of things I can say, even about the checklist and your, your book and all that. But, you know, what you're bringing up now are division scenarios, which are part of the financial portrait. You know, they'll have one, two, or three division scenarios because, let's face it, a narcissist wants to feel like the winner. So, mm-hmm. if you're not the narcissist, 
then you need to know what are your options and that you'll be able to live with all three of them. Sure, you have your A scenario that that's the one you really feel most comfortable with. B mm -hmm. is like a eh, little uncomfortable. C is I hate it, but I can live with it. And I, I'm reconciling it in my head. So I can, I'm, I'm ready. So if he presents C and I don't want to keep going, I'm going to take it knowingly. So that's your happy at that moment, right? So because I, I've already adjusted my head. So our process allows you to let it all come to life, basically. Mm -hmm. Good, bad, or indifferent, it's coming to life because it is what it's about. And I, I love seeing, I mean, I've teared up so many times and Karen has as well, when we see our clients be able to stand up for what they want mm -hmm. and to understand that, okay, if I'm getting C scenario, I'm at least done with it. I'm not going to continue it in a litigious way. I'm going to accept it and move on. If I get a scenario because I just did, great. I got this. And now I really, I'm sure there's a scenario also always has a compromise. Everybody's compromising. So I just love to see that, that, that set self, self, uh, love financially speaking, because they're in an, in the know now there's a symmetry mostly of some information and they're standing up for themselves. Um, because this is their divorce. They can choose A, B or C that's up to them. Right. right. But that's what I love, that space where they get to get that confidence to make that decision and, and get to change their relationship with money. You know, it's never too late to change your relationship with the data. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think you're talking about financial literacy here, where mm -hmm. these are your options. This is a good one. That's a bad one. You're going to compromise a little here. Okay, now you you breathe versus being yelled at by the narcissist. It's a good deal. Take it. I'm gonna only make it worse if you don't take it now. Pressure, pressure, pressure. You know, slow it down. Turn the dial down on what they're saying. We do not have to react to them like we did for the last twenty years, right? We can just say, "Thank you for that," and let me just do a little research. I'll get back in touch with you. They're not gonna like it. They're gonna make demands, but at the same time, that literacy of what your options are brings so much peace, confidence, and, and relaxation, right? I mean, if you can relax during a divorce, it's someone's got this handled. I'm not spending every single night up all night afraid for my life, knowing how will I survive? What will I do? Because when we freeze and that emotional part of us just locks up, we are not fighting. We are not even in the game. And so that's what the narcissist wants you to do. So Nobody has a problem. I mean, everybody doesn't like writing a $10,000 check to the lawyer when they, okay, we're getting a divorce. Here's a check. My mom loaned it to me, you know, and, and you drop money like that on the lawyer, but you don't drop the money on having people like yourselves that make a difference financially. Like lawyers are, they know the law. They know how to write clauses. They know how to fight in the, in the courtrooms, right? That's their thing. The financial piece is something that people often get very hazy on and don't realize that there's a lot more options if you do it the right way. So true. So this month or during your divorce, thinking about it, or if you're already in it, remember to prepare, build your team so you can create good goals for yourself. And I just want to point out that create goals is third on the list, not first on the list. Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of people start their goal setting out of the gate and they don't have the data to support it. So prepare, build your team, create your goals. Right. 
because your team is going to help you build your goals, right? Your divorce um, coach is going to be like, hey, where do we want to be? We're going to talk it through. The financial piece are going to be over here. That's how the goals are created. Not like, hey, I think all would like that, right? And you're just whipping stuff off the top of your head when in fact, because of the data, that might not be possible. So, Or your, or your narcissist, narcissistic spouse is telling you what your goals are. Mm-hmm. You want to keep the house. You want the kids to stay there. You want to do this. You want to do that. That's not starting right. So yeah, I totally agree. You don't start with the goals. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, you know, it's something that most people miss, but starting with them again, without any help to go, these are what your options are. Options start the list of goals. If you don't have that option and it's your goal, then again, staying in the marital home, if you have no way to pay for it, no way to take on the mortgage, no you know income, then that shouldn't be your first one on the list. Reality checks is comes with data. And that's what both of us are here for. Absolutely. So this concludes this episode on practicing financial self-care when divorcing a narcissist. Tracy, what do you have coming up in 2024 and where can our audience find you? Wow. Well, who knows what 2024 is going to be, but I know that I am so close and I know for how many years have I been telling you guys, look, my parenting plan course is almost Oh, wow. (laughs) Now I have clauses and I have, I just keep adding and adding and and like someone it's like the iron chef just walk away tracy it's enough (laughs) (laughs) i finally blocked off my calendar every single monday in february i'm going to be making the 55 videos i have to make and that will be my my kickoff in the new year and it's going to change a lot of people's lives so they can find me on my website narcissistabusesupport.com the parenting plans website's done but it's it's hidden still because I'm, I'm not done yet so um it'll all be popping out hopefully the first quarter oh, great we'll definitely get back to... on and chat about that absolutely tracy thank you for, so much for a fantastic conversation thank you for having me ladies it's so much fun to see you guys If you're considering divorce, make sure to protect your wealth with divorce financial planning from My Divorce Solution. Our certified divorce experts will help you untangle your finances and understand your settlement options so you can negotiate your marital assets with confidence. Protect your financial estate with divorce financial planning. Visit MyDivorceSolution.com to see if you qualify to work with our financial divorce experts. That's MyDivorceSolution.com for expert divorce financial planning. Thanks for joining us on another episode of We Chat Divorce. We hope this episode was informative and supportive on your divorce journey. If you're looking for more support for navigating divorce with confidence and clarity, head over to MyDivorceSolution.com for more podcast episodes, divorce events, and resources for your divorce. We'll see you back here for our next episode.